Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Or the good ship Geek Bites. It's ongoing mission to keep you fed with uh, podcasts every other week. You know, it's still happening even in the midst of uh, coronavirus. Yeah, I'm Rich, and I'm joined as always by number one, Stu. Give you some um, pop culture sustenance in this time of depravity. Um, but yeah, number one, I like that. Um, thankfully, I'm not number two. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, one, number one was his dog now, wasn't it? Which I don't know how <laughs> Ryan felt about that. But <laughs> well, I get the impression I haven't spoken for years. That Bob dog was probably a pup, then it grew up, then being called number one, and Ryan never got to meet it. So <laughs> who, who knows? But um, yeah, I suppose yeah, I, I, I'll happily be your Riker, Rich. Cheers, man. Uh, yeah. As long as you sit down, funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm leaning right now, so <laughs> I'm just going to do this whole podcast to to, to one side. Uh, I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like cool. yeah. P- play it cool, Diana. Play it cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. I think. Um, well, this episode is obviously all about the recently completed Star Trek series Picard, based on Star Trek: The Next Generation, as the credits pointed out. Um, so I thought that was, that was a bit weird. That bit wasn't it? It was kind of like, is it is it a continuation of the Star Star Trek? Because I think, for example, Star Trek Voyager or Star Trek Deep Space Nine, they never said they were. Ba- they I think they based on an idea by Gene Roddenberry or whatever it was. Whereas this one is actually saying it's based on one of the existing canon series, isn't it? So, ah, oh, that's interesting. So it's kind of um, it's, it's it's no longer inspired by Gene Roddenberry's vision, which kind of explains how it ended up being what it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it's like it's almost like it's it's almost like it's a it's a expansion pack for next generation or bonus bonus <laughs> series for next generation or something or but, fan fiction. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. So it's kind of like we're this is a bolt on to next gen. This isn't necessarily a Gene Roddenberry inspired Star Trek thing because because yeah. Discovery does that still say it's Gene Roddenberry? I can't remember. I think it does, doesn't it? It's, it's on Netflix. I never watched the credits. I think yeah. I watched them. I watched them once. Realised they were rubbish, and uh, yeah, skipped intro ever after. Oh, see, I'm the sort of person that enjoys the intros. I mean, to be fair, I like the song, but the actual graphics are a bit rubbish in Discovery's ones. I mean, the graphics in Picard were terrible as well, and the song was terrible. So, I mean, this this probably liked it better than Discovery. The discovery song oh really okay this is our first bone of contention <laughs> <laughs> and um, how does the discovery how, go on I, I can't remember how the discovery one goes how does but, the picard one go um it's just kind of like a nice flowery little it's kind of a bit mysterious a bit like futuristic a bit you know I, I like the graphics and i like the way at the end it kind of turns into the tng fanfare doesn't it yeah um, that's, that's a nice touch yeah and it actually shows his face as well, which I don't think any of the previous. Um, I thought, well, I think all the traditional Star Trek series, if you like, have always just been shots of the ship flying around. Um, oh, what was Deep Space Nine? Just shots of the space station, wasn't it? Yeah, but, being idle. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, uh, I think yeah, this and... one actually, this one was similar to um, Discovery, and it was a bit more abstract. But I quite like this one because it actually showed Picard's face at the end. Yeah. Yeah, what I liked about this one was it wasn't a typical Netflix um, 
intro like i mean i know discovery isn't necessarily made by netflix but somehow netflix must have had a hand in the intro because it seems like they just cookie cutter and use the same production company to do every single intro for netflix shows so they all look the bloody same um so at least picard's one had a bit more oomph to it like you know you could see the borg hume you can see i don't know his vineyard you could see all these other shots which come together to build picard as a whole person at the end yeah uh, Oh, yeah, I like I like that kind of uh, metaphor. If you is it a metaphor? I don't know. I like yeah. that little trick. Um, so yeah, that was cool. Cool. Um, but we're not here to review the intro. We're here to review the series as a whole. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, over, overall thoughts. Um, oh no, one sentence review, man. One sentence oh, review. Oh yeah, one one sentence review. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, to go first. Yeah. Uh, See, as, as the main. Trekkie in chief. I don't know why I'd name myself captain and you number one because you're the definitely the Trekkie in chief here. Uh, yeah. yeah um, uh, well, you know, yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't. Know. I mean, I'm Spock to your Kirk, isn't it? So it's <laughs> okay. fine. Yeah. Um, so my one sentence review: a fan favorite character boldly going in the wrong direction, not. review was taking Star Trek franchise forward next step on from Discovery uh, a good reimagining a reimagining for a classic character oh this is going to be a good episode yeah, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel the force oh, <laughs> or not <laughs> <laughs> wrong franchise man not one of those are you yeah <laughs> so um okay cool well I mean I I enjoyed it I, I like the overall feel of it and I think um, one of my favourite parts of it was just kind of like we could see we could see what life was like actually in the Federation um, whereas I think a lot of Star Trek as the name would imply is mostly going on journeys through stars and seeking out new civilizations and stuff so it kind of you'd never really actually get a sense of what their life is like and, uh, on Earth for example or in um or just on uh, your, just your day-to-day world for a civilian or whatever. Whereas I actually like the way they built the world here. We so we I mean we spent the, most of the first two episodes on Earth, um, and then we visited other established planets, um, which I don't really remember seeing very much of at all in um in uh, any of the other series. Certainly not in Voyager. Obviously, they were just visiting alien planets all the time. Uh, and you know the original Star Trek and uh, Next Generation, they were largely visiting other planets. And I think any any scenes that they did have back on Earth were pretty much exclusively at Star Starfleet HQ. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that new aspect of the uh, of the Roddenberry universe, if you like. Yeah, I mean, I get I get where you're coming from, and I think when I was first watching the first couple of episodes i was starting to appreciate that but i think when we got to the end i realized well this wasn't a very good imagining of that wider part of the universe and it was kind of like they've just imagined it in a way that fits this one narrative and doesn't really expand on anything else it's kind of like you know basically everything's to do with synthetics because this 10 episode arc is about synthetics so you know the whole federation has changed because of synthetics it's kind of like you know it's up for that final uh final event which obviously will come to yeah but it's kind of it's just all sort of hyped about you know and it just didn't feel like the federation to me um you know like 
I mean, I'll, I'll go on to my, my overall impressions. Uh, I think it's fair enough if you want to try and be different and make it less Trek. I'd be willing to accept that if it was a good show that was entertaining. But in my sense, it wasn't. Um, so in in regards to not being Trek, so DS9 wasn't on a ship, included Federation working alongside local representatives. It covered religion and fundamentalism. There's bisexuality in there. And that's different and it's good. This wasn't. I, I was finding myself watching it religiously, waiting for something interesting to happen. And sadly, nothing ever did. Um, so the overarching narrative about synthetics and Romulans at Vendetta didn't really grab me, it just felt contrived. Also, why does every single character's backstory have to do with their synthetics? Um, so that seemed a bit forced as well. Um, it had me so excited but when it was announced, but I felt it was dull. The whole thing could have been a two-parter in a better show rather than stretched over ten dull episodes. Um, because it was just basically like, this is one narrow view of the Federation, well, our, what we think the Federation should be like. And it was a very, oh, let's deconstruct it, man. Let the past die. Let's have the Federation be on its last legs because everyone's angry about the synthetics. And let's have all these sort of racist construction workers and, I don't know, like miserable admirals that swear at people and it's kind of like why why are we going that dark i mean uh, battlestar galactica was dark but it didn't did they swear at each other i can't remember they probably did yeah, they, it, said, the time. they did they said what they said frack all the time. exactly yeah it's kind of you know it just felt weird and unnecessary it was just kind of it just wasn't star trek to me it was kind of a uh, John Luke Picard fan fiction in a sort of some person's interpretation of the star trek universe yeah um, except for some actually want John luc Picard to be the star of their fan fiction for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I, but I think it could have just been handled so much better. Um, you know, it, it could have been much more engaging. They could I mean, have... What, what, would you, what would you have wanted to see Picard doing? Uh, I think they could have had a similar plot, but they could have just done it better. Like this, this whole synthetic thing, it's kind of like, you know, oh, what, I mean... Uh, let's go go on because I can think I can unpack it as we go into the different aspects okay. of it. Because otherwise, I'll just go on a massive rant that's going to take up the whole hour. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. Okay, so I think uh, favorite episodes we've got next, haven't we? Or... Yeah. So do you want to do yours, and I'll hit you with mine. Yeah. So I think the record will show. The record might not show because we've not really discussed that much Star Trek on this um on this podcast. Um. Well, I'm, I've always been a big Voyager fanboy. Um, you know, it was it was my trek, if you like. It was the first one that started while I was, you know, conscious of such things. Um, you know, I watched it all the way through uh, when I did. So obviously, I was I was a big fan of having um seven seven of nine come back. And I think for me, the most memorable scene of this um of this series is going to be when she became the Borg Queen, however briefly, um, trying to uh, basically power up that Borg cube, and there was still hundreds thousands millions of uh ex-borg still in hibernation as such because they'd all been kind of uh slowly um bringing them back to uh to humanity or whatever um and then she kind of became the queen kind of had it was kind of like when lord of the rings when galadriel grabs the ring and uh you know, there's a brief moment you think oh my goodness is she actually going to go bad um but uh it went horribly wrong. The Romulans managed to airlock most of the Borgs, but she still got control of the ship. Um, so that was quite cool, and I actually got quite excited at that point to see, like, oh, is um, is she going to actually start flying this Borg cube through space, make a whole new anti-Borg or something? Um, or is she even going to go dark and become a new Borg queen, assimilating everyone? Um, so yeah, that's a, I mean, in terms of, like, best episode, uh, certainly for me, that's going to be the most memorable one. Um, yeah. 
probably just mostly because of my pre-existing fan fanboy for anything Voyager and Seven of Nine carried a lot of the safe, later seasons of Voyager. To be fair, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, is are you a fanboy of Voyager or Seven of Nine? What did the two are they hand in hand or hand in something? But you know, is it? Um, I think know. I think that you go hand in hand. Certainly, the later seasons they went hand in hand uh, because she actually had most of the most interesting storylines were about her regaining her humanity, or whatever. Similar, it's a very similar role she played to um, Data actually in many ways. Next Generation, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think um, I, I think obviously I've got lots of favourite characters in Voyager, but she, she had the biggest storylines in the second half of that series. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Hand in hand, I suppose, is my answer. Because I think it was, um, they kind of, Kez was in that position at the beginning, but then no one really liked Kez. And then they just threw her out and made her some sort of psychic evil god woman. Yeah. Uh, and it, then Seven come in, and everyone, A, she was a sort of sex symbol, which was nice, but also she was, like you say, that sort of data character, getting her humanity back, and, you know, her and uh, Janeway and the Borg Queen, like, tussling for her and stuff like yeah. that. So that was yeah. quite good. And her relationship with the Doctor was always quite nice. The fact that, ironically, it was the hologram teaching her how to be human. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I kind of like that. And I'll touch on this later about the whole, is it the same Annika and Seven in this as was in Voyager? Because I'm not sure they were. Um, okay. But in regards to your thing, I mean, the fact that you can't find the whole episode, it's just that one sequence which wasn't even delivered on because it was just like, oh, I'm going to become... Oh, no, I've turned it off now. It's yeah. I don't know, maybe it's setting up for second season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it quite trivially and just what I'm going to remember from this show, I suppose. Yeah, but it's kind of like they kind of... The whole Borg subplot or Borg just happened to be around wasn't really paid off in this, was it? We just we have a Borg cube, Seven goes on the Borg cube, she meets you. So, does she meet you? She doesn't meet you. Anyway, she no. becomes a Suedo queen and then she turns it off in five minutes. But then they still manage to fly the cube without her being Suedo Borg queen. So why did she do it in the first place? And they crash and then that's it. And it's kind of like, okay, fair enough. Um it was much of a payoff, you're right. Exactly, we wanted more. You know, it's kind of like, you know, oh, we're alluding to something we're going to touch on next season. It's basically like Force Awakens, isn't it? It's like, oh, let's talk about, oh, no, we're not going to do that until... We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, that was a good scene. I don't know if the rest of that episode was any good because I can't remember what happened around that. Uh, was that was that the one where she comes in shooting all guns are blazing and saves Elnor after he presses his little beacon to call her in? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. that was the same episode. Yeah, because they'd left Elnor behind for reasons I'm not sure. Because um, he wanted to defend Hugh and the machine. Yeah, and it's the the signature of where they'd gone hung around for too long afterwards or something. Yeah, know. just delete it or turn the machine off or blow up the queue. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but what I find weird about that is Picard and all that lot had so much difficulty getting within range of that cube and then managing to convince them to board Picard, bring Picard onto the cube. But Seven mm-hmm. managed to get in there quite easy, blow up, a, shoot a bunch of Romulans quite easy, get, make her way to Eleanor quite easy, hang around quite easy. It's kind of like, you know, uh, they set things up in one episode that then becomes nothing in the next. Um, yeah, I don't know. Can, did she use her, her existing Borg tech to skip her way in or something i don't know can we hand wave it but yeah we should have, we should have been told really I think. yeah it's, it's kind of like oh oh right just push a little beacon and i'll be there doesn't <laughs> matter doesn't matter where you are you know i'll be there i'll turn up and i'll be able to save you anyway so i'm just gonna i'm gonna rip this thing to shreds um yeah. 
What so, was your favourite episode? Yeah, let's just, let's, let's work us up a positive, man. Um, <laughs> so my favourite was Nepenthe, uh, which was a Riker and Troy episode on Riker and Troy planet. Um, no surprises there. Yeah, I mean, as you were a sort of, I was a DS9 fan, to be fair, but I liked the whole era of next gen to DS9 to Voyager because that was all around the same time. And what I felt about this episode was it's all about Picard reconnecting with his old friends. And I thought it's really well done. And I liked how the characters had changed and evolved. Like originally, when I saw them on, uh, on the previews of them sitting in a little farm somewhere, I'm like, why the hell are they doing that? But the fact they explained it, that they're getting over the PTSD of their son dying uh, yeah. needlessly and stuff like that. It's like, oh, fair enough. I get it now. That's why they're on this planet. I can accept that. You know, what I wanted to see was them racing around on the Titan. But you've given us a, re- a good reason why they're there. Stationary, so Picard can use his magic portal to turn up. You know, that's that that Riker is getting on a bit now. <laughs> Yeah, but when you think about the original cast, they were still captaining and stuff into their 70s and 80s. So it's Uh, kind of like, you know, it's kind of, there's no reason why they would retire apart from this contrived dead son thing. Um, Yeah. It's different now. Starfleet's uh, made a harder retirement limit or something now, maybe, in the the future. Well, there's too much, uh, too many people, overpopulation, they haven't got enough crews. Although, to be fair, look at... It's not like the Wild West of the original series where you could uh, carry on forever. Yeah, but looking at that, (laughs) fleet ships that turn up, cute crews. Anyway, I'll get to that later. Um, So Riker and Troy retiring to deal with a grief. Uh, I I thought their daughter was really good. I mean, the fact that um, she had more personality in that one episode than Darge had in the entire series was well done. I mean, I'd I'd like to see more of that family and like, you know, maybe they go back out onto a ship or something. I'd I'd love to see a Titan series or something. I'd like like to have seen an exploration if she had shared any of the Betasoid characteristics of... um... Oh, that would have been quite cool. Is it called, uh, well, being able to tell people's emotions and all that, whatever? Yeah. But and, it didn't seem to show any of that anyway. No, and, cause, and also she had that friend, the captain, that was helping her find things out and whatever. So I'd like to find out yeah. who that was. Because some yeah. people online were saying it could be Q and stuff, which would have been cool. Um, just hanging around Riker's daughter for some reason. Yeah, um, yeah but, you know, the whole bit <clears throat> where Riker and... Picard are chatting by the lake, and Riker's like, well, I couldn't convince you not to go off and do crazy things anyway, so why bother? And I couldn't yeah. convince you not to retire, so why bother? It's just like, you know, I know you've got your own will. And, we'll, you know, the Picard- there's basically just the bondingness between some old friends, and I think that's what I wanted to see from this series. Um, and, you know, I know that that's kind of, you know, oh, I'm just fans. I don't know if don't think it was even fan service. It was a bit of fan service, but it sort of moved the plot on. And the plot was bad enough anyway that I can accept the fact that they magically moved being to this planet to have this little conversation and bugger off again. Um, I mean, just, just to touch on the fan service point, there was so... I mean, this, this whole series is fan service, and there was so much of it in so many episodes. Yeah, um, yeah. Just so many characters coming mm. back. Um, and, well... I don't think it's a problem, but I think, like you say, that was a good bit in the sense that, yes, it was fan service. Let's, let's not pretend it wasn't, but... It was it, somewhere. It had enough substance to actually have a bearing on the plot. Yeah, and I think out of, you know, like, where where Picard is in this 20-year gap and where Data somehow is for some bizarre reason, which we'll get to later in the streaming gap, and then where those two are, you can kind of believe that Will and Deanna might end up somewhere like that because he comes from Alaska anyway, and that looks similar to Alaska, and it's kind of like, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Now, there's logic to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my point about this episode is if the new characters are more engaging, this episode would have stood out less. But as it was, they were kind of this 
nothingness where the new characters are, which is why it made me cling, cling on to the old ones as much as I could. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that was my my favourite episode. The subplot on the ball cube is a bit rubbish, with Elnor yeah. waving his sword around and Hugh needlessly dying, which again I'll touch on. Um, yeah. But yeah, but well, I was going to allude to the whole Seven turning up guns are blazing and saving him, but I've already touched on that. Um, <laughs> but yes, but I really like this episode for those reasons. I mean, what, what did you think of this one? Oh yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I knew I knew while I was watching it that you were going to be loving it as well. Obviously, yeah. I mean, uh, I think Riker was my favourite um, next gen character. Um, maybe just because I, I uh, no, I don't know. Did I see, see myself in him? Maybe I think in Voyager I saw myself in Tom Paris a bit. I, but, I knew you said that ages ago, and I'm like, I can get that. I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> but I think Riker's a slightly different character. But I think there are some similarities with Tom Paris, but I don't quite. Um, it's not quite to the same degree. I don't know. Anyway, I always liked Riker, um, so it was good to see him back. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a fun episode, and yeah, it did. Me, and yeah, I like I like their daughter as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good I choice, think... choice for best episode. Cheers. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the daughter was well done. I think there was, you know, it could have been she could have been so. Uh, precocious or annoying or whatever. I think the fact that she was a bit of a tomboy kind of like just worked because it's kind of like, yeah, that's what Riker's kid would be like, really, isn't it? It's kind of like, yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, so what was your worst episode? Um, so I'm going to go for a combination. Uh, and the worst episodes for me were episodes two and three. Um, and I wouldn't usually go for a combination, but the fact that they were so close together and they were both pretty poor, just in the sense that it didn't really seem to move the story forward at all. I mean, I think pretty much episode two was pretty much just Picard trying to get the Admiral to agree to something, and she didn't. And he just dropped around for the whole episode, basically, hanging out yeah. with his Irish Romulan friends, um, which was a bit weird in itself. Um, and then episode <laughs> three, I think it was more more of the same, but I just remember thinking at the time, and I think I said to you at the time, you know, when's that, when's something actually going to happen on this show? It feels like they're just spending forever setting something up. Um, yeah, I mean, the first the first episode, yeah, it had good action, it had good mystery and stuff, but then it took them, they seemed to mess about for two hours, waiting for something to before they actually took it anywhere. Um yeah, it was kind of like in a holding pattern, wasn't it? It's was kind of, you know, oh, we can't commit to anything. And, oh, we'll tantalise you, in brackets, with Darge and uh, random Romulan Mr. Darcy uh, yeah. with their little love thing that no one really cares about. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that's enough to keep people interested whilst we're doing all this rubbish on Earth that, again, no one cares about. Um, <laughs> you know, whilst we're all waiting for something to happen. And I think it was only at the end of episode three that they actually flew off on the... Um, in the Brazilian guy's ship, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. like is uh, yeah, out of a ten part series, that's kind of a bit naff for them to finally get into space. Yeah, a yeah. lot of messed out in this show, and I think it kind of. I was a bit worried about this point about whether any we were going to get any resolution or whether they were actually going to just spend the whole ten episodes trying to get somewhere and then get there and they'd be like, oh, the series is over. See you next year or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, bad, bad pacing, I think. Uh, was a problem with this series lots of lots of bad pacing and you know and lots of building up stuff that really wasn't paid off when it did get paid off i mean the whole sort of synthetic storyline with the whole romulan cult that wanted to hunt them down wasn't very well paid off either but i'll get to that later um but yeah i think that's i mean if if i hadn't have chosen my episode those two would have been a good one to choose i think it's very good point about the fact that it dragged so much and wasted two hours of our lives 
where literally you could have skipped from episode one to episode four and not really missed much apart from, oh, I found Raffi and some random bloke and some blonde woman joined us and that was it. It's kind of, oh, right, okay, fair enough. You still would have gone to Dog Cube, Daj and what's his face still would have been doing weird flirtiness. Um, yeah. And that's it, you know, wouldn't need to see anymore. Um, <laughs> cool. I mean, I mean, not cool because it's a shame, but yeah. Um, yeah, do, do you want to hear mine? Uh, I'd love to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole series, the, for one. The lack of enterprise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a biggie. But yeah, my worst episode was the heist one. Uh, so the one on Free Cloud or Dream Cloud or whatever it was. Um, so that was episode four or five, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, maybe. F- like that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was episode five. So what they did on episode four flew around. Oh, no, they went to meet Soji, didn't they? Oh, oh, who knows? I don't know. But anyway, uh, it was terrible. Um, the plan was bad. It was badly executed. Like, what's the point of having a plan if it doesn't go to plan? Like, at least... And what was the plan? The guy dresses up like a pimp and wanders around the bar and somehow gets the, the lizard's attention and then because of some magic spray, the lizard's superpower doesn't work anyway. So what's the point of the lizard yeah. character? Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. I, think I'd, I, think, I think I'd forgotten how bad this episode was. Yeah, Picard plays a, a Frenchman and does the worst French accent ever, which is kind of <laughs> ironic. Um, and also, how can they not recognise Jean-Luc Picard? You know, And then Seven of Nine doesn't bother telling any of them about the fact that she was sleeping with this woman. Uh, it, that's just the whole thing was bad. And I, I think it started off really well with Itchev getting his eye ripped out. And I think it was kind of gruesome, like torture porn, like something out of um, Hostel or something. That sort yeah. of bloody, visceral, losing the eye... Why she had to kill him, I don't know. I mean, you know, just get a little thing and wave it over and go, and he'll be healed. You know, yeah, why did she have to kill him? Back, yeah. yeah, but it's kind of, you know, so that was a bit stupid. And also, they never explained why they're harvesting Borg parts. Is it so people can put it on the wall? Is it so people can augment themselves? <laughs> if it's so we can augment themselves, why not show people with Borg augmentations? Why can all the Romulans in that ship have Borg augmentations? Um, I, think, I think the whole Borg hatred was meant to be some sort of metaphor for xenophobia or whatever in our current times. Uh, yeah, but xenophobia doesn't involve chopping people open and harvesting their organs, does it? It's <laughs> kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like the Romulans were doing it as a sort of, um, I don't know, maybe a let's get some technology we wouldn't otherwise have had thing. That's fair enough. Maybe the black market's doing it as well. It's just a bit strange. Um, I mean, the fact that Seven's girl, Seven didn't realise her girlfriend was harvesting Borg, uh, you know, it's a bit dodgy, isn't it? You're sure you'd know. Um, and da, 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 Free Cloud is set up like the whole Mos Eisley of space, like this filthy hive of scum and villainy. Yeah, and, and they didn't hardly see any of it. Yeah, you saw like one little scene that looked like a budget Blade Runner, uh, <laughs> and then like a bar, which could be anywhere, and then a hospital that looked quite nice. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> that whole Raffi subplot, again, no one cares about. Um, yeah, well, it's that just... was town when she saw... Yeah, oh, was that on Freetown when she saw her son? That was it with the with the Vulcan right. girlfriend or wife or whatever. Yeah, which they were having sort of IVF or something in space, which is fair enough. But it's kind of like, a why did I have to go to Free Cloud if they're Federation citizens? Uh, yeah, and also like, I don't know, it's just weird. Oh, I've got to get to Free Cloud. I've got to get to Free Cloud. Oh, I have a chat with my son so I get out of the main plot, um, and then I can come back again when the things need me. Um, yeah, and then. Also, the whole McGovern of Maddox, like, oh, we need to get Maddox, we need to get Maddox, and then Blondie kills him. It's kind of like, yeah, oh, that was all right, but you could sort of sell that there was a twist coming with Blondie because of the whole uh, 
Commodore Wu thing or who or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. But why didn't the EMH just turn on and save him? Did he say in the next episode, oh, she turned me off or something? In which case, why didn't they think? Does EMH has been turned off and he died? This is a bit weird. I don't know. It's just... Well, they did, well, they did know she did it in the end, though, didn't they? I think she did turn it. She did turn the EMH off, but and then they somehow they figured out it was her. I can't remember how. She it told him. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. because she might figure out that the EMH got turned off. Um, but because yeah. then when Picard came back, Rafi was like, "Oh, you would not believe the day we've had, mate." But, yeah. Yeah. But no, it was because she drugged herself so that the other Romulan couldn't follow them, and then why she got a tracking device in it? Oh, because she's a spy. Oh, rah, 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 rah. Um, but yeah. But also the fact that this episode ends with um, what's her face, Troy, going, you know, oh, Picard's so naive. You know, I don't want him to know that I'm going to go down and shoot everyone. Um, and then she goes down and just stands in the middle of a room with two phases whilst or kills the Diana Troy lookalike, which was her ex-girlfriend, which was trippy, but also just stands in the room, not even taking any cover, shooting at things. Just because it looks good, yeah. you know. In any episodes of Star Trek up until now, apart from the original series, where you know it's a bit ca- took cover, they hid yeah. behind corners, not just stand in a room like you know you, your Borg forcer is not going to come up and protect you now, love. It was just a bit yeah. sort of, I don't know. Everything was just done. It just seemed like a really, like you know, like an episode of Arrow or something. It's just like yeah, yeah. we're just going to stand here and look. Mad- yeah, like a chip and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to chain smoking and drinking, and oh, I'm just so rough and whatever. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, that was my worst episode. Um, um uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Anything to add on how horrendous that episode was? Uh, no, I think you've covered it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, so I think, I think it was a char- characterization. I think wasn't it? Um, so I think I think you've um you've mentioned how you weren't too big a fan of the uh, new characters. Um, I actually quite I, I they were a bit hit and miss, but I liked a lot of them at parts. So I really liked the pilot, um, the Spanish pilot. I can't remember what his name was. Pilot La Serena. That's how much I liked him. Can't remember what his name was. Um, but I liked he kind of had this aspect where he'd set up all his all his holograms to the different parts of the ship, which is a cool idea in itself. He basically just then you can pilot a ship with one person, which is cool. Yeah, they yeah. like different aspects of his personality. So I really enjoyed that, and I kind of enjoyed the fact that they didn't actually explicitly say that at any point. You hologram. Oh, a bit like the pilot. Oh, okay. No, it is the pilot, just with a different haircut or whatever. And then you see the engineering one. Oh, okay. So it's a Scottish version or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, I like the fact he was Scottish. It's kind of like you know, it's the Scotty version of the Brazilian guy. It's kind of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then the, there's the ship's counselor was just a, a clean cut version of him as such. Um, so yeah, he was he was a fun character. Um, I'd like to see more of him. I think he had a good subplot about how he'd seen a version of Soji before. Um, that was quite. That was actually that was quite a memorable scene. It all. Um, uh, the fact that it showed that it wasn't, it hadn't just been Soji and her sister. There'd been more of them back in the day as well, because um, we didn't know that at the time, obviously. No. Um, but yeah, yeah, I liked, I liked that character for starters. Um, I Raffi grew on me. I think at the start, I was a bit like, well, at the start, I thought the way she just got introduced, like you were expected to know who she was, I thought, oh, is this actually an existing character I just wasn't aware of, so I had to look it up. No, we're just expected to care about her straight away, just because the 
showrunners want us to. I wasn't too keen on that, but I quite liked her character as it went. I, I thought she had an interesting arc. A uh, bit could have been better, could have been worse, I suppose. The whole thing, oh, let's just make her drink for the fun of it, and she, the actress overacted that bit quite badly, I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, I think those two new-ish characters were okay. Um, I won't go to it. Have you got any thoughts on those? Do you want to uh, Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we'll... Even bother learning their names. Um, yeah. But the, those two that you just mentioned, I'll give my points on them, then we can kind of go through the rest. But um, I thought Captain Brazil, because I don't know his name, um, yeah. his holograms had more personality than he did, uh, for <laughs> obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, he was all right. I kind of warmed to him. Uh, one thing I didn't like was the fact that his whole post-traumatic stress disorder was based around a thing that was based around synthetics. It's kind of like, why? Why is every single plot point got to be about synthetics? It means that when we get to season two, there's no character development to go, is there? It's kind of like they could have just said he had post-traumatic stress and his former captain did something horrible, but we don't know what. And then you find out, oh, it's something else. It's season two's arc. Not about that. But yeah, he was good. And I think he worked really well. He's a bit bad choice in women, though, isn't it? Sleeping with the blonde one um but it's kind of yeah yeah, yeah. I agree, yeah. but then uh but yeah i liked like you said the quirky holograms were good and it's a good touch um and yeah i think uh i like this one that just didn't even speak english he was speaking spanish the whole time that's quite funny um rafi i thought had lots of potential was badly executed so she's pretty rubbish um because she's a broken person she they turn to cliches like she over drinks she smokes she Drugs. Um, what would have been helpful, like you say, because we were like, I, I stupidly thought she might have been the woman for first contact at Picard and that brought back from Zephyr and Cochrane's thing. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mean to be whatever, but they do look quite similar. They have yeah, short yeah, hair, you know. It, yeah, they do. Yeah, but but it doesn't. But like, what they could have done is just have some more flashbacks showing her and Picard working together to kind of show that where that relationship comes from. Or they could have started the season rather than just showing some construction workers in uh, what you call it. Utopia Planitia shipyards getting killed, show Picard and Raffi escorting the fleet and something happens. You know, it's kind of like, you know, show them in their prime before you show them broken so that we kind of get a sort of before and after. Because otherwise it's kind of like, yeah, who's this random alcoholic woman living in a desert? We don't care. I did look her up and apparently she appeared in comics or something. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to read the prequel comics? It's like that whole Star Wars Fortnite thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's kind of, the whole child subplot was unnecessary. It's kind of, we don't care. Um, yeah. And also, like, at one, po- at what point did they say she was a lesbian? And at one point did her and uh, Seven of... Because uh, did you notice at the last episode, they're sitting at the table holding hands? It's kind of like, well, when did that oh, happen? Really? Oh, yeah. It's there, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, they just jumped to having some sort of relationship or, you know, wh- what are they implying by them holding hands? It's just a bit strange. Um but yeah, I mean, not that I have a problem with it. It just was so, it wasn't shadowed unless they kept Rafi and her away from each other uh, through the previous episodes because Rafi was drinking or whatever to have a relationship that was from previous life that was alluded to that we don't know about. Who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah, so I suppose I can do the next couple of characters. Um, so next I've got Soji. Um, so I've put, she had more personality and character development in her one episode than Darge did in the rest. Um <sighs> And I think it's just a shame that the one that we actually liked died and we get left with the other one. It was kind of just a sort of uh, miserable, confused woman that just wasn't very en- engaging. Um, yeah, I think it's gone. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose I'm thinking, did we see, maybe they were actually the same people, kind of, but maybe they did. Did we, did we think maybe they had the same personality? Or 
No, because so, so she was like she had her boyfriend, she had her life on Earth. She was going off to be um, work at the Daystrom Institute. She was kind of like you know a normal person, you know. Whereas uh, Darge, kind of you know working in some creepy dungeon, um, doing like autopsies on Borg, it's kind of not quite the same, really, is it? Um, yeah. You know, I think Soji was the light and Darge was the dark, and that's why they kept on saying, "Are oh, you the destroyer?" and all that stuff, isn't it? She was the bad twin, as it were. Yeah. Um, so she's the equivalent of the law in their pairing. Um, but yeah, it's... so do you think somehow that like, maybe the two of them together, like, was Yin to their Yang or whatever? Do you think What's... they would design it that way? Because uh, they said that everyone has to be made with another one, isn't it? They have to be made oh. in pairs, which is what their whole necklace is about. So maybe yeah, it turns out that there's always one good and one bad, which kind of explains why um, you know the um, the golden version of them. Uh, so the one that wanted to build the beacon and call them in, she was the evil one. The one that Captain Brazil saw back on uh, El Dorado, or whatever the ship was called, uh, was the good one. Um, so yeah, it's good and evil. Maybe it's more like it, there's that whole theory about two sides of the brain, isn't there? There's the left side and the right side. One's scientific and one's creative, or whatever. Okay. Um, maybe Soji was the creative one and Darge was the scientific one, but emotionally stunted, or whatever. Yeah, potentially, yeah. I mean, speaking of Darge, this is my next one. I mean, to be fair, I don't even want to spend much time talking about her, so all I've got is Darge and Narek were rubbish Twilight wannabes. Um, I just yeah, didn't, yeah. yeah, I just didn't see any point to that that whole relationship. It's kind of like, you know, let's shoehorn the sins for the girlfriends to watch or whatever. It's kind of like, when have there ever been any sort of relationship like that in Star Trek? Or oh, let's have love scenes, let's have um, googie eyes and sort of... It was just, oh, let's have the domineering Romulan character over overwhelming the young android girl. It was just kind of like, what was that all about? It's just a bit weird. Um, and I, I also tried... It wasn't it all implied that he was... It, it wasn't all that... Was it implied it was all an act for him, or he did actually develop feelings for her? But they, they just didn't make that clear either, was it? Because, like, oh, I'm going to kill you, but then I'm going to cry about it. And it's just kind of like, hmm... You know, yeah, it's just, you know, potentially he has feelings for her, but then why not explore that in the final episode when they all come back together again sort of thing? It's kind of, or maybe that's for season two. But to be fair, no one knows what happened to him at the end of season one because you never saw him again, did you? It's kind of like, what is it? He kicked the football or something or something happened. Then he got dragged away by some synths and then who knows what? Did Starfleet arrest him? Or did uh, Captain Wu or who or how or whatever beam him up? Um yeah, I don't know. I just thought that character was useless. Um, so, yeah, what, what's your impression of these three? Um, so, I'd, yeah, I think Dodge was kind of just a MacGuffin through most of it, wasn't it? And most of the time it was all like, oh, the, her real character development is just finding out, oh, she's actually an android um, or a synth. Um, so kind of overwhelmed any other possible development she could have had um narek uh yeah don't worry about that it was just a fairly cookie cutter cookie cutter character and uh, what was his sister's name i don't even care i didn't even bother learning that name it's you know yeah, I, I, just a bit i mean she had an interesting character like and with admiral Wu as well kind of implying that it's all this prophecy that they all go mad if they see it but um but these are the only two that have survived seeing it. And what was this prophecy, basically, that synths are going to take over the world or something, take over the universe? Well, yeah, from from the bionic perspective, if or, hum, or humanoid or whatever perspective, if they saw it, they saw that, and 
back in the day, some simps like were killed all the organic life. Then they flew off into the never never, um, and they're ready to come back and kill organic life again if they ever put simps at risk or something. Right. I don't know. Um, and so it's basically like there's evil simps out there, and if we allow simps to reach a certain level of uh, development and maturity, then these bad simps will come back. Bad simps represented by some sort of tentacles, sort of like something like future armor, which is quite a disappointment. Um, so yeah. Well, remember that i mean that's a bit silly isn't it and whether it's even true or, whatever, or are they all just having a massive drugs trip yeah but then you saw them in the last episode didn't you when they opened the portal when the evil tentacles yeah, come out so yeah. Yeah, yeah but i suppose and also the simps see a different message stacy if you're ever in trouble give us a shout and we'll come and save you um because <laughs> yeah these soft fleshy looking things are going to really fit in with the evil bionic Dr. Octopus in space. I don't know, it's just a bit camp. Um, that Romulan woman just felt like an Arrow villain. Um, yeah. You know, and the fact that she managed oh, to kill... Was it, was it an Arrow villain, wasn't she? Wasn't she the uh, Valentine Arrow or something, the actress? Oh, was she? Oh, okay. Oh, she looks more like one of the um, our ghouls. Um, so maybe, yeah, we'll, we'll Google it. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll it afterwards. We'll put our answer on a postcard or something. Um <laughs> But yeah, the, the fact that she managed to kill Soji in the middle of Starfleet headquarters and yet she couldn't kill Dodge on a Romulan institution just goes to show how badly, you know, they're, they're presenting it. It's like, oh, she's so powerful in the middle of Earth, but when she was on her own turf, she can't. She can't kill Seven. She can't kill Elnor. Oh, but we can kill Soji and evade all the cat- things. OK, Admiral Wu protected her or who or whatever. But still, it's just a bit naff. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm going off on my rate. That's mostly the new characters, but what did you think of kind of like the old characters they brought back? I mean, a lot of them were just cameos. Um, I suppose one of the most, obviously, we've talked about Riker and Diana a bit already. Yeah. Um, but with uh, what about what they did with Data and basically had him basically make Picard, well, show that the fact that Picard had kind of kept him alive and. Uh, or kept a copy of him alive or whatever, and then in the end all Data actually wants to do was die. It was quite... In a way, they kind of presented it, oh, look at Data, he's, he's become fully human. But in a way, it was quite dark. Yeah, I mean, I like. I mean, to be fair, I liked how they kind of peppered in some Data, because, like, all of the... Um, you know, like, the, the, the dream sequences of blue skies, why don't of me, when it opened, and it was kind of him and Data playing chess, it's kind of like, it was good that they tantalised you with a bit of Data, and it showed Patrick Stewart's post-traumatic stress about the, the loss of Data, and the fact he sacrificed himself. Then, like you say, you get to the end, where Picard meets a replica of Data's consciousness, that I think was made by Maddox and uh, the guy that wasn't Law in the end, uh, Sung yeah. Jr. Um, but, yeah, but Data's just like, you know, oh, hi, Captain, you know, um, I've been kept here for ages, and uh, now I think it's time to die. And Picard's like, all right, then. And you think, hold on, hold on a minute, you've been regretting the bloke, the fact that this guy sacrificed himself to you. He's basically like a son to you, which is what you said to Soji, you know, implied. Uh, you know, there's a golem sitting out there that you can download his brain into and let him have a new life. Yeah. But you're like, all right, then I'll, I'll turn you off. I'll go and take the golem. You know, I'm, I've lived yeah, 90... Yeah. Yeah, I've lived 90 odd years, you lived about 20, but you know, sod it, I'll, I'll go. And it's just, it just seemed weird. It just it seemed out of character for Picard and just weird for Data to be like, you know, if Data knew there was a golem out there, he probably wouldn't want to ask to die, would he? It's kind of just ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just dark. Um, I mean, I, I think the whole Data makeup, I think it, it got a bit uncanny valley in the end, didn't it? I think I'd have rather they did some sort of digital de aging or not see him as much. 
Um, but if they did bring him back to life for the golem, he could have been more of a humanoid data. You know, it, it could have been like a, a, a flesh and blood data, which kind of would then realise him being human. And if they make it so he turns off it within a certain human lifespan, you know, it works, isn't it? Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just going off on, my, on one of my rants. Um, I know. I mean, it was an interesting question about the whole nature of androidness or whatever. I mean, do still was data or was it just kind of like a copied i suppose it's well it's effectively a clone of data isn't it a clone of his his uh his ones and zeros so i suppose that does make it as much data as the original data was right well yeah and i think they were saying like if you could find one positron then you can save the you can replicate the consciousness and all that stuff that's just what all the bs that uh, blondie and maddox were saying at the beginning yeah, so it's right. kind of like you know it Basically, if they took a positron from a B4, from Data's consciousness or whatever, and bunged that in his little hard drive, it's basically Data, isn't it? Um, speaking of which, Law, I think at the end of uh, the episode Descent, was was boxed up somewhere on the Enterprise. So why couldn't they just bung Data's brain in Law? Um, also, why didn't Law come back as Dr. Sun Jr.? Oh, yeah. You'd be killing Law if you did that. Maybe. Yeah, true. Oh, Maybe. yeah. I, was, yeah uh, I, I accept that. <laughs> but also it would be evil to kill law and put data in him i suppose yeah, yeah. i mean it would have been nice um yeah i just think it's a, sh it's a shame how they handled data i think they, they when i was reading online they were like oh we wanted to give him a fitting end because people felt it's a bit harsh how he died in thingy I, no picard turning off life support after taking his one chance at survival wasn't a fitting end that was a bit harsh um yeah, um, I suppose that, that kind of brings us to Picard himself, doesn't it? Are we ready to discuss him? Uh, I've got, just got two more characters I want to rip into, if that's oh. or three, three more characters. Um, so Elnor, I think he had potential but was wasted. I mean, it's good to see this sort of surrogate son figure to Picard, but I think Picard wouldn't have abandoned him the way that he did, but still. Um, but basically, he brought a sword to a disruptor fight every episode. Uh, yeah, um, and still survive. <laughs> Yeah, it's just do a little karate flips. And what, I don't know. Uh, but he, was, he acted all stupid and naive um, because it's um, ridiculous. Um, the fact that he always speaks the truth. So I've just made Dak, Drax from Guardians basically, haven't they? Oh, uh, it's my, my way that I only speak the truth uh, or just state the obvious. Um, so, that, so that was Naf. Seven, we've kind of already discussed how... I think she's not the same character as she was from. Oh, yeah, so yeah, talk about that. So to, yeah, what did you, what did you mean by that? What you mean she's literally a different character, or just complete? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just characterization. It's kind of like you know, Doctor, uh, the Doctor and Janeway were her role models uh, when she was in her formative years of re-becoming a human. You know, the Doctor was quite a moral guy. You know, he was kind of a creative. Janeway was just a stalwart, you know, duty, but I'll bend the rules occasionally. Where was the sort of uh, alcoholic action hero like role model it's kind of just crazy and okay it's been 20 years difference but still there there's, should be something of that Annika Henderson that we met in Voyager in this character but she's not she's just some sort of generic action hero now it's like Ripley from yeah. Aliens turning up I, I suppose right so my counterpoint and I don't necessarily disagree with you but just to play devil's advocate here I suppose they'd say well seeing that happen to it Cheb who was effectively her son or little brother or whatever um that pushed her over the edge of starters and then you might say that, that last scene between her and Picard where he was like oh now it's time for you to be the hero or whatever maybe that was kind of like 
her coming back to herself a little bit, maybe. Yeah, potentially, because I think, yeah, the, the bit after the whole adventure on the planet, Dreamscape or whatever, where he, I think he was trying to teach her to be human again, or there's good in you and all that stuff, so maybe, and because she was implying that basically she's helping those that aren't, don't have any protection from Starfleet anymore, so maybe she thinks that she's doing a good fight whilst being a rough-talking, hard-drinking, whatever. I don't know, it just... I, I suppose people can change that much in that time. I just think it was kind of a bit drastic, and there was no, they didn't really explain what happened in between because she already seemed quite a badass when she saved Itchib. So, why did she suddenly become like a a marsh, U.S. marshal type thing, flying around policing this random place? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, um, but also she seems a bit superhuman. It's like overspect. Um, yeah. A, a, any more on seven? Uh, no, no. Cool, and my last one, sorry, and then we'll move on to Picard, is Hugh. Thank God for Hugh. I thought he was the only genuine character in the entire show. The fact that his response to Picard was so genuine and so heartfelt. I was like, thank God, some some humanity in this show from the Borg. You know, and it's kind of like, you know, it was so nice to see him. I think it was handled so well. You know, when you look back to that initial episode when they woke him up and he's such a childlike glee to kind of becoming a, you know, a slightly embattled but still hopeful uh, administrator on this abomination of a science project. Uh, yeah. And, the fact that he was willing to sort of, you know, help Picard, even though it puts himself in danger. I just think he was so well done. And I think the fact that they killed him so casually by, oh, look how badass that woman is. She could throw a little thingy and kill Hugh. It's kind of like, what a waste of a really good character. Like the whole XB subplot now is kind of died with Hugh. You know, OK, Seven can be their advocate now. But why not have Hugh? It just it just felt a bit, it was just a bit sad for me. Um, yeah. And it also liked the fact that he showed how the Borg were victims to Picard. You know, it's kind of they're not they're not evil. They're just people. And, you know, once you let them free, like you did with me, they can be valuable members of society again. He was trying to champion that with Picard, and that was kind of a sort of modern thing as well about sort of discrimination as well, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah I think he, I didn't quite get it at the time his character, but yeah, you've you've made a good case for him for sure. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Did you see the iBorg episode back in the day where they broke him up? So he was a Borg that they found. No, I think I saw that. So that's probably why it didn't. It didn't uh, resonate with you. Yeah. So they basically, uh, Geordie and all that sort of freed him from the collective, and they you befriended them all, and kind of, you know, then they had to send him back for some whatever reason, and then in descent with Law, he turns up again. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I liked him. He was a good character. It's thank God for him. Um, but yeah, let's get on to the star of the show. Yeah, the star of the show, well, the the namesake of the show, even the first uh, the first the first um, Star Trek series not to be named after a ship. Um, I know, actually, Next Generation technically wasn't named after a ship. Maybe Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Picard, Captain Jean Luc. Um, but yeah, obviously he's uh, he's no spring chicken in this show. Um, no, I think some of his... It was certainly interesting to see what he'd been up to since we last saw him, and it was good to see that tied in with the Kelvin-verse, with the whole destruction of Romulus, etc. Um, that was a nice little Easter egg, if you like. Um, yeah, the way he reacted to that, that kind of felt all very Picard. But after, but after that whole... For me, after that whole flip-out on the on the 
interview in the first episode after that it kind of seemed like he was almost just you know what i'm a retired guy let's just go on one last jolly um and maybe that's okay i mean maybe that's maybe that's reasonable characterization for him but you know maybe given he knew he had a terminal illness maybe he was like yeah you know what let's die out there doing what i do best but i don't know it kind of felt to me a bit like he was almost too i don't know he kind of almost wasn't taking life too seriously like he was just like oh he he was only doing it because he was about to die and whatever and because he it was his last roll of the dice whereas at the same time it was arguably quite a serious um high stakes thing uh protecting synths and stuff i don't know what do you think no i, I get what you're saying with that it's kind of it cheapens it if you just think well i'll you know, I'll do it myself because no one else is taking me seriously. I'm going to go off and I'm going to get a little ship and I'm going to fly off and I'm going to save the world. It's kind of, I suppose that woman did say it was like hubris, wasn't it? It was kind of like his, his ego's got the better of him. that He's going to be the only one to solve this. Uh, but I suppose if no one takes you seriously, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, I agree. The interview was basically the last where you saw real Picard, you know, standing up for what he believes in. And after that, he was just like this sort of differing old guy that everyone just acted around. And he yeah. really didn't have much agency in his own thing. It's just like you know, what's up? What are we doing now? Oh, we're going to we're going to Dream Cloud. Why? Because Dream Cloud's so everything. Okay, and it's kind of like <laughs> yeah, it's just like a Picard marionette. They just wheel out to say you know to look sad or look stoic in, at certain points, but whilst the plot happens around him, you know, it, it's just how do, you, how do you say it that way? It's, it's almost quite similar to Soji in that Soji was just kind of along for the ride until she figured out something about her synthness. Picard was just along for the ride until he figured out what was going on with Soji. If you see what I mean, it's like he didn't he didn't seem to have much agency in what was actually going on. No, and it was just all of it. I mean, the whole thing about, it, basically, spoiler alert, we should have said this right at the beginning, Picard gets replaced by a robot, because why not? Um, it, the whole thing was just about to get rid of his brain disease, wasn't it? It's kind of like, you know, let's go for this whole plot. Oh, he's suffering from a terminal illness, terminal illness, terminal illness. Oh, it's all right, it's a robot now, it's fine, we'll forget about that. It's kind of, if you want to get rid of that, just have Federation Science advance in the 20-odd years and just get rid of it, rather than having this whole contrived thing about him becoming a robot. But before we get on to the robot, sorry, um, he was the captain of the flagship, he was a diplomat, an amateur archaeologist. I don't think he'd have just given up and sat on his ass in his vineyard for a decade or, or more, because Starfleet said no. You know, I think that just seems ridiculous. It's just like, oh, right, then I've had a slap on the wrist. I'm just going to sit here and let all these people die and not live up to my obligations. I mean, how many times in, a, in the, the next gen or the movies did he ever sort of stop and be like, oh, right, then someone said, no, I'm not going to carry on now. It just seems like out of character that you just sit there and just let the world go by. And like, it just like it just sounded like he was waiting to die until Soji turned up, which is kind of sad. But, you know, it's kind of that's not his character, I don't think. Um and yeah, that like the fact that they just treated him like he was naive and optimistic and he's older, you know, although he's a bit senile, but he wasn't. It was just kind of, I don't know, it just didn't seem like the same character, the same agency that he had in all the other shows was just not there. And also, where was Beverly? Where was, um, you know, they were meant to sort of hook up, but that never happened. They didn't even mention her. They didn't mention half of the character. I mean, they're not going to, oh yeah, that, jo- that time the Geordie come round for a drink or whatever. You know, you don't want that sort of thing. But it's kind of like, you know, at least Beverly, for God's sake. Um, oh wait, well, what's Wesley what, up to? <laughs> he's, he's still flying around of the Beyonder or whatever, isn't it? That guy, the magical guy. Oh, oh yes, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So I mean, but yeah, I think before he become Robo Picard, he was quite a flawed p- version of Picard. I don't think they.
solving mysteries or whatever his vineyard. I think that would have been far more interesting than what we ended up with, you know, Picard. Episodic. Yeah, exactly. Sort of Picard PI or whatever, or Picard like troubleshooter for the Federation rather than Picard on some galactic quest to protect the synthetics from the Romulan agenda that no one's ever heard of um, thing. You um, become that thing which you most feared. Yeah, that. What's that from? I don't know, it's just a general thing, but then he, bec- he becomes a synth himself, doesn't he? Yeah, so, which is ironic. Yeah. With that whole brain, con- brain into the robot thing, did they actually convert his brain into an electronic brain, or did they his brain because it cured the disease? So they literally just copy the data. So he's literally a purely electronic Picard now. But it, that's, this is where it gets confusing because he's not actually electronic because he's a synthetic human. So he's made out of flesh and blood, but it's it's fake flesh and blood. Uh, so like, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like like the simps from humans, or whatever. Like Soji and Dodge, they could eat, they could sleep, they could do other yeah. things. So it's kind of like that, but it's still a fake like a one thing. Then. Yeah, sort of. But they kind of for some reason Soji and Dodge can do superhuman things. Although you don't really see much of that because hey, um, I don't know. It just. The whole Robert Picard thing just felt like a bit of a cheap thing. As, as soon as you sort of got him in the penultimate episode, you're like, all right, so someone's going to die. They're going to stick him in that. It's bound to be Picard, isn't it? And when Picard died, you're like, well, I'm not going to bother engaging with this emotionally because he's just going to wake up in the Gollum in five minutes. And lo and behold, he did. Um, <laughs> yeah. After cheating data of his one chance of life. Um, so, is he going to age now, Picard? Well, they said that he's meant to age naturally, but then I read a rumour online that says he's going to turn up in um, Discovery Season 3, which is based on, no, 750 years in the future or some jazz. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, maybe that bit was broken. Um, I don't know. And Discovery made by the same studios, because obviously Discovery isn't made by Netflix, it's, it's distributed over here by Netflix, but I think in America it's made by... They're all CBS, so... CBS, yeah, so it's yeah. CBS. Yeah, yeah, so everything's made by CBS, but they just distribute it differently out here. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, so there is definitely that scope for crossover if they want to. Yeah, just whether it's a good idea is another thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think what I'd rather have done with the whole Picard Gollum thing is end this season on him being dead. And maybe yeah. that conversation with Data is like, oh, hello, Captain, how's it going? And you're not quite sure, is he dead? Is he Data doesn't tell him where he is. And then next season, you know, if Patrick Stewart god bless him passes away in the next year you, data can come back otherwise yeah, they, they had to, they should have um they should hedged, have they could have hedged their bets um, um but yeah. well of course well, you know that and not only that it's, it's even because uh the whole season two filming has been delayed because of the whole outbreak so whether they're actually going to get season two while patrick stewart's still <laughs> still an active actor yeah, that's the thing. It's kind of you know, I mean, I mean, it sounds a bit horrible, but it's kind of like they could have hedged their bets, or yeah. you know, and also it would have made it more interesting because you're like, you're, you're oh, what's happened? You know, what's gonna, you know, is he gonna come back? Who's gonna come back? Who's gonna be resuscitated? You know, or like have Maddox and what's her face deciding? Oh, should we resurrect Data? Should we, res-? you know, that's what Picard would have wanted, but we need Picard because the world needs Picard and his hope or whatever. You know, that sort of you know, some sort of more ethical dilemma rather than just. Oh yeah, we just stuck your brain in a robot. Come on in. Oh, let's have a meal. Let's laugh about it. And let's fly off and you say engage. It's just me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so I think we had a few more points, and I'm sure this is an epic episode, but people have more time to listen. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, so what what are we hoping to see from season oh, two? As oh, oh, sorry. There was an, another point which I've written a lot on. Was how Trek was it? 
Um, yeah, yeah. Can I just go on a rant and then you can just start with how was season two? Um, so okay. Yeah, well, I, I might counter your points. We'll oh, all right. Okay. So, <laughs> how, who knows? How trek was it? Firstly, where was all this BS Romulan mythology from? Uh, if you're in the next gen era, so it's again complete BS. It's kind of like let's just create a mythical backstory for an existing uh, set of characters because we need one because it works for this ten episode arc, but ruins everything before it. Rubbish. Uh, it shows the dark side of the Federation. Uh, but it would have been good to see some parts of the Federation. Um, fans like starships. I like starships. It's something called starship porn. You know, just seeing the brand new ship there would be really exciting. So when they left Earth, why not just have them trying to escape from a starship, perhaps, which you see in focus? So, you know, like whenever you see the films and you have this gratuitous shot going over the hull and seeing the thing... Mm -hmm. That's what I watch Star Trek for, because I like the ships. There was no sign of any of that in this. You've got that stupid Brazilian guy's ship. That was it. La so, what's that? La Serena. That's it, the La Serena. And then that, um, you know, that fleet of ships, uh, which turns up with Riker. There's you don't get this gratuitous shot of the ship you know that's what fans want that's what i want and also how the hell did they come up with uh, 300 ships um just magically to appear to rescue some planet no one's ever heard of when they couldn't get that many against a borg in war 359 or against the dominion in the dominion war and this is meant to be at the time when starfleet's depleted so again that's another reason why this show's a bit ridiculous um you know the flagship Riker was meant to be and show us that in detail people want to see the ships damn it um also, the racist bullying in, from the Federation workers in the shipyards just didn't sit right with me. The fleet admiral swearing at Picard. Um, that would have been nice if it was Janeway. Yeah, that's the first one that we've seen. Um, it's not, star, not swearing in previous Star Treks, is there? I think they had a fuck... Sorry, we'll have to bleep that one. They had an F-bomb <laughs> in, in Discovery. Um, I think that was when Tilly said it. <clears throat> but yeah, in this one, they're just like going all out. And because it's the darker version of Star Trek, I suppose. But yeah, it just felt unnecessary. Um, but yeah, that would have been cool if that was Janeway, because at least they may have had an existing relationship and maybe like her and uh, tumbled over like who uh, Seven bonds with or whatever, because, you know, she was former Borg, so she may bond with Picard, which we find out. Or, you know, Janeway's relationship because of... But that would have made more sense, but just some random woman telling him to bugger off just didn't yeah. seem right. Um, and lastly, in Star Trek, apart from the mushroom spore drive thing, the tech is usually quite realistic and grounded, whereas this was like, oh, we're synthetics, we're so wonderful, we made this magic flute thing which will create whatever your heart desires. It's kind of like, yeah, what? Especially when previously, like, data's been a mystery or whatever, and they can't replicate him. Oh, but they figured out how to. Yeah, they they could make hundreds of synthetics. That's one bad thing. But also, like the synthetics gave them that tool that could fix a lacerena and then create hundreds of lacerenas and then I don't know, make their breakfast and brush their teeth. It just seems ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, how Star Trek was it for you, Rich? Um, not very. Um, just like I said at the start, it was not very. Um, not that much. Um, actually, going around different planets and stuff, but it's you know. It was, it was kind of a reimagining. I didn't mind it in that sense. I, you know, you know, there's there's a brand that they need to stick to, maybe, um, like about the star starship porn and all that. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it was it wasn't very Trek. You're right, it wasn't. Um, it was, and it was certainly further away from Trek than Discovery was from the previous series and. Um, 
I think definitely the the fact there was a single narrative, whereas previously Star Trek has generally been quite episodic, um, apart from possibly Deep Space Nine. Uh, it was a bit less of that. Um, but I think in terms of staying within the universe, I think it still stayed within the universe pretty well. Um, so in that sense, I, I felt like you know, it was all very recognisable as the Federation. Uh, you know, the Romulans came back when the Romulans have previously been the big baddies and they have they were usurped arguably by the Borg or whatever in the more recent series. Um, you know, having them back as the as the main main bad guys was back to classic Trek, if you like, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I think it was close enough for me, but I think there was dif- differences that fundamental differences but i think it's almost like you were more concerned with the cosmetic differences if you see what i mean yeah i mean i think uh, i mean i would have appreciated a different twist on the trek like you know picard going off and the picard mysteries or whatever you know like dixon hill or whatever you know going out and solving things or you know picard managing to resurrect data somehow but like it just it just seemed like their version of star trek for a very narrow lens that really doesn't add much apart from for their narrow perspective for this narrow one series rather than building on it like you know voyager showed us a whole new quadrant um you know ds9 showed us this whole area of space we've never seen before and all the conflict going on there discovery has shown us a i don't know alternate universe and also pike you know it's kind of that showed us all new stuff what did this show us a few dodgy planets and some some overarching narrative about simps that no one really cares about to be fair existing rules anyway yeah, but it, it ripped up all the existing rules and it didn't really honour data very well. So it's kind of like, you know, it just didn't add to it. And uh, what you said about the Romulans, if they had like 387... Why did they need Picard? And it's kind of like, how is it many ships floating around in an empire that's de- de- decrepit because half of it got blown up? It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just the logic, the logic that goes between series and episodes and whatever just wasn't there. Uh, but anyway, I could moan for ages and we're running out of time. So um, what, do we, what do you want to see next, Rich? Well, I mean, look, let's just go down the tick list from next gen about characters who've not appeared yet. So we're, we're still short Geordie. We're short, like you mentioned, uh, Beverly. Um, Wesley. Yeah. Wolf, of course. Um, you mentioned um, who? What you were mentioning? Guinan. She might be in Discovery as well. By Stuart to be in it, so Whoopi's definitely going to be back for Guinan. Um, which you know is probably a character you didn't care about. I mean, uh, to be fair, I'd rather see others, but it's nice to see someone coming back. Um, so in next gen, yeah, let's get some Voyager characters. Let's get some more Voyager characters back. What's Janeway been up to? What's um. Uh, uh, Paris Chakotay, uh, yeah, Tom and Bellana, uh been up to. Uh, Ch- Chakotay and Seven had a thing in Voyager. Wonder, wonder what's going on with that. Um, yeah, that would have been good to see what, how that evolved because it kind of they had this relationship at the end, and then suddenly, oh no, she's a lesbian now. I mean, Chakotay must have been that bad. It's a breakup or something. <laughs> um, and I would have. So, yeah, so yeah, just yeah, just good to see some more of those characters. I'm sure we will see more of them. Maybe yeah, I mean, the Forge is uh, the officer or whatever that Riker Jr. has been talking to. Uh, I don't think so. I think in the prequel comic, which I did read a few a few pages of at the end of another 
Gordy was in charge of Utopia Planitia or something, uh, so, something like that. He's kind of got a boring job. Um, I would have liked to see O'Brien, just because he's my favourite character. Um, and also, he was based at the Academy, so, you know, Picard could have just gone to O'Brien for help rather than going to Raffi or whatever. Anyway. Um, I, oh, if I go and ask them, they'll say yes. Yeah. But, okay, why don't you go and ask him then? <laughs> my own two feet and get a bunch of rascal, rascals with me, I don't know. But yeah, I would have liked to see... They can all die instead. <laughs> Pardon? And they can all die instead. Exactly, I don't care about them dying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to see Deep Space Nine, I'd like to see all the characters in there, what's happening with the wormhole and the Dominion. Uh, I'd like to see the Titan, for God's sake, show us the Titan. They talked about it, you know, they've had a whole bunch of books written about it but no one's ever seen it on screen so show us the titan damn it um more of starfleet more ship porn um yeah just classic, just in basically yeah i mean that's the thing it could be classic trek but you know you do stuff around the margins of classic trek i mean you know the one where they beamed back in time uh, to the 80s <laughs> classic trek tropes it wasn't like yeah i don't know it's just oh yeah, you know, even um, First Contact had lots of trash classic Trek things. It's kind of like, you know, yeah, and if they do have a big starship standoff, actually show us the ships. Don't just have, like, tiny little things in the distance. It's kind of like the cheap thing you do when you've got, like, plastic models hanging up. Well, not when you've got 3D modelers making starships, and they're like, oh, no, let's have the resolution so small you can't see the detail of the ship anyway. Um, but anyway, sorry, I'm just, uh, I'll be ranting forever. But yeah, <laughs> show us more characters, show us more um maybe explore yeah, <laughs> make stuff happen um yeah i don't know and um yeah move away from the synthetic thing i think that's done um a bit but it sounds i mean it's potentially going to be this whole arc that's going to go from this to then discovery season three to then picard season two isn't it sort of thing and if guinan's involved she lives forever so she might be knocking around 750 years in the future in which case we're going to have this whole oh evil robots we almost summoned them hundreds of years ago and now blah 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 blah, blah. um but yeah but anyway i mean i'd see it all tied together like that to be honest but and it probably looks like that's the way they're going to go, especially given um, Discovery was the big baddie and Discovery was that control AI, wasn't it? So maybe that's to do with it all. Yeah, I mean, the irony was, uh, well, I mean, the thing, thing I saw online the other day was like Star Trek's, tra no, Discovery and Picard are going to create the MCU of Star Trek. And I'm like, Star Trek's always been like the MCU. It's always been connected. It's more connected than MCU is. It's kind of like, what are they saying? Yeah, um, they're in each other's series and films anyway. Yeah, and it's all a linear storyline that's been going on since the 60s. But hey, um, this is what new people say. Anyway, I could be ranting forever. I mean, otherwise, I could just keep talking. No, I don't think so. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's time to prorogue this bad boy. And, uh, yeah. Cool. Stay safe and stay inside. <laughs> Break it so. <laughs> Engage. <laughs> Engage. Um, cool. cool. But yeah, all good right. stuff. Hey. Yeah, thanks for joining me, Stu. Um, everyone, uh, listen out for the next episode of Geek Bites. Uh, look, look us up on Facebook and stuff. I should probably start putting some memes up now we're in lockdown. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that would entertain people. Yeah, we can yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll have a look at it. Cool. All right, yeah. All right, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Uh, until next time. Uh, yeah, catch you on the next episode of Geek Bites. Not now, Wesley. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!